This episode is brought to you by Shopify. Forget the frustration of picking commerce platforms when you switch your business to Shopify, the global commerce platform that supercharges your selling wherever you sell. With Shopify, you'll harness the same intuitive features, trusted apps, and powerful analytics used by the world's leading brands. Sign up today for your $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash tech, all lowercase. That's shopify.com slash tech. Kindled Podcast is brought to you by the generous support of our donors. If you want to join them in making this show possible, visit kindledpodcast.com slash give. Welcome back to another episode of Kindled Podcast, a show about work, motherhood, and the grace we need for both. I'm your host, Haley Williams. Join me as I talk with women just like you. They are entrepreneurs, corporate employees, stay-at-home moms, and everything in between. We chat about work, mom life, and how God's grace is transforming us through our unique and beautiful stories. Love for God and perseverance for our assignments is kindled in our hearts as we look to Him and preach the gospel to ourselves and each other. We are making and being made. Come join us. Well, hello, friends. Welcome to episode 59 of Kindled. I'm your host, Haley Williams. Today, I'm going to be chatting with a really amazing woman named Jennifer Allwood. Jennifer helps creative business owners grow and scale their businesses online. Now, before you tune out and say, well, I don't have a business, this probably isn't going to be for me. I want to tell you it is for you, actually. Jennifer does an amazing job of speaking to both women who are actively building a business or those who just have a dream or know that they have some God-given gifts and talents that they might not be using yet. And she's really good at just cutting right through all the noise and the excuses and the hemming and hawing that we can get so weary of when it comes to topics like using your gifts and figuring out what you're going to do with your life. But I honestly wanted to title this episode, a no, the no BS business advice episode, because that is pretty much what it is. Um, I did not do that, but I truly wanted to. But what I want to just encourage you to do is even if you do not have a business to listen to the words that Jennifer has. And I, I feel that there's something for everyone in, in what she has to say today. Before we jump into uh, the amazing conversation that I had with Jennifer, I want to tell you about the sponsor of today's episode. And it's actually myself kindled. What does that mean? It means that I am accepting new sponsors for this show. So if you listen to Kindled regularly, you know that we are all about work, motherhood, and the grace we need for both. The women who listen to this show are hardworking moms who stay at home, have corporate careers, and work from home, and really everything in between. So if you have a product or a service that you believe would be a great fit for this audience, I would love to hear about it. Tell me what it is, and I would be happy to send you our sponsorship rates and all the different package options that I have to help you promote your business, as long as I feel it's a good fit for this audience. If you've never thought about podcast advertising before and you thought maybe it's just too expensive, I doubt I could afford it, let me tell you right up front, you can afford it no matter where you're at in your business. My sponsorship rates actually start at $20 for one ad on one episode. And there are bulk discounts when you buy more than one ad. So if you know anything about advertising, you know, people need to hear a message seven to 10 times before they even start to kind of hear what that message is. So obviously multiple 
um, ads do better typically than just a single ad, but I'd be happy to send you our media kit with sponsorship rates and let you know what that is and see if it would be a good fit for your business and for this Kindled audience. So go ahead and email me at Haley at kindledpodcast.com if you'd like more information on that. It's H-A-L-E-Y at kindledpodcast.com. Okay, guys, now to my conversation with Jennifer Allwood. Jennifer, welcome to Kindled. Thanks for joining us today. Oh, Haley, I'm so excited to be here. Thank you so much for having me. Absolutely. So I've actually been following you for a while. I've heard you on a couple podcasts. First, piqued my interest because I realized you were in Kansas City, in my city. So I was like, oh, that's so cool. Like a creative entrepreneur mom doing all, you know, all kinds of things. And, and what I specifically love, and I will get into later, is how you took specific skill that you had and turn that into an online business, which I think a lot of women are seeing happen and are, are curious about. So I'm excited to hear from you on that. There's just no greater time, you know, to be, to right. be in the online space that it's so different than when my kiddos were younger. It's, I'm so yeah. excited for the young moms right now, because you can do anything in your jammies at home with yeah, your kiddos absolutely. in the next room. Right. So. Right. Awesome. There's no better place. Um, so yeah, would you just introduce yourself and tell us uh, what your motherhood and your family is like? Yeah. So my name is Jennifer Allwood. As you said, I live here in Kansas City. I teach women how to make money in the online space. And uh, my husband and I, we have been married 22 years. We like to joke that only 20 of those are happy, but Mm -hmm. you know, we're winning because (laughs) here we are still here, still plucking through. Well, we have four children at this point. We had three biological kids. Uh, They are 17, 15, and 11. And last August, we got a call about a very distant family member who we had, you know, did not know a little four-year-old girl that we were asked to take in and raise. So right now we are back to doing preschool. And um, at the same time that we are helping our soon-to-be seniors start looking for colleges. So, you know, we're doing, we're doing all of the things right now, Haley. That's so cool. Yeah. I saw that on your Instagram and just, I mean, it's, I know you hear this all the time, but it's, it's a very heartwarming, beautiful story. And I know we were just saying maybe fun isn't the right word to describe it because you are like kind of straddling these two different seasons of life and you're, you're jumping back and forth. I'm sure all the time, like, has that, has that transition been challenging as, as you know, Jason and I, we actually, we knew we wanted to adopt um, before we eat. We had conversations about adoption before we ever had biological children. So adoption is near and dear to my heart. And we actually waited for four years to try to adopt. We waited for two years to get a newborn and then another two years um, trying to adopt out of foster care. And -hmm. about four years ago, we decided we were done with waiting. You know, I mean, four years is a hot minute to be waiting for something. And we thought, well, maybe we heard God wrong. And so we decided to kind of tap out you know, almost like you do in a wrestling match, you know, we, we were done waiting mm-hmm. and, uh, but I could not get over that feeling. I'd be tucking my kids in at night and I would often think, gosh, I'm, there's a fourth, there's a fourth, mm-hmm. like I'm literally, there's a fourth kiddo I'm supposed to be telling good night to. And, um, so when we mm-hmm. got the call last August, I mean, we knew it was God. We were much older than we anticipated, mm-hmm. um, you know, being to bring in another child. And we're also in a really sweet spot in life where work has just been exceptional the last couple of years. My husband's been able to quit his corporate America job and be home working with me. And so we felt like we were kind of in the sweet spot. All of our kids can wipe their butts, Haley, you know, and we've got a driver and it's amazing. I don't know what that's like. And then we're now back to, you know, kindergarten roundup. So Mm -hmm. it is what it is. And at the end of the day, um, it's God, God's in it. And it's been the hardest thing we've ever done as a family and also the most beautiful. So, you know, you don't get a phone call to take in a four-year-old if they're, if they're, 
aren't problems and issues. And so anytime you're dealing with kids who come from hard places, there's an opportunity to really love and nurse them back to a healthy place um, in a healthy household. However, there's just stuff that comes along with that stuff with her stuff with us um, stuff with our biological children. And so we're just putting one fit in the in front of the other and just believing God that, um, that this is what we're supposed to be doing. And yeah, we're here for it. Yeah. Wow. I mean, I got chills as you were saying, like you felt that there was a fourth that you were supposed to be oh, talking in and that 100%. is... And I would tell my husband, I'd be like, I just got that feeling again. He'd be like, what feeling? I'm like, the feeling I was supposed to be tucking in a fourth kiddo. So yeah, I knew God wasn't done with our story, but I just didn't know. It, yeah. I, I also think sometimes we limit God, Haley, into we have an idea of how we think life's supposed to look like, whether mm-hmm. that's our family or our business or just life in general. And then mm-hmm. God so often will answer our prayers, but it's rarely in the way that we think it's supposed to look. And so mm-hmm. I, sometimes I think he'll he'll be trying to answer a prayer for us, but because it looks different than what we're expecting, we don't recognize that it's him. True. And so, yeah. um, you know, this is, we, we wanted to adopt years ago when we were much younger mm-hmm. <laughs> and have the kids close together. And yet God's timing is never wrong. At this point, you know, we have the capacity the the base in the house. We have the finances that we didn't have four or five years ago when we were still waiting. And um, so, yeah, his, he's always on time. He, but he is never early girl. That's what, that's what I've come to know about guy. He is never early. Like, on time. <laughs> hey, you know, we have that in common then. Cause I am yes. never early. <laughs> yes. Yeah, so thank oh. you for asking about our family. Yeah. I appreciate that. Yeah, absolutely. Thanks for sharing. Um, so what does your work look like? Yeah. So work looks, um, do you want to know what it looks like today or what it yeah. used to look like or both? How about let's start with what does it look like today? Today. Yeah. yeah. So today I'm sitting in my home office and uh, my husband's sitting in the room right across from me. I can literally see him as we're recording this podcast episode. And um, we try to squeeze work in the hours that our kids are gone to school every day. I have a very large social media platform, as you know, and I love social media. So of course I'm, you know, posting some things at night and, you know, after hours when the kids are in bed, doing notes for a conference, or I do a lot of speaking these days. And so there's always things that we're working on, but we try really hard to fit work into the hours while the kids are at school Monday through Thursday. Mm -hmm. And then Friday, before we got the new little one, Ariana, we used to do, try to do date days on Fridays. And we would just try to, you know, not put any work things on the calendar. And we'd try to go, we're obsessed with like street tacos. So we would try every taco place in Kansas City. And so we still try to do that. Um, We don't get to do it uh, maybe but half of the Fridays, but we still make an attempt to for just for him and I to be kidless on Friday afternoons at least. That's fun. And to go do something with just the two of us. So that's what work looks like right now. We are getting ready to have a conference the first weekend in May here in Kansas City, the Equipped Women's Conference. It's for women who are in business, women of faith. Um, we are signing a book deal this week. So there will wow. be a book on the shelves in spring 2020. I have my own podcast, The Jennifer yeah. Allwood Show. And then every month I coach over 3,000 women how to build their business using social media. So there are a lot of things. and But gratefully, I have you know several stay-at-home moms and other people who are working for me and helping me sustain this thing. And Yeah, that's uh, so yeah, cool. So. I, yes, and I do want to talk about your conference. Um, yeah. I saw about that and was like, I bet this is going to be in Kansas City. So um, yes. yeah, so tell us a little bit about that before we move on to the next question. Sure. So in the last couple of years, like I, I love my business and my business, it has changed our family. It's changed our life and I'm so grateful for it. And I love going to business conferences. And so in the last couple of years, I had attended a lot of conferences, both like, you know, lifestyle conferences, business mm-hmm. conferences, church conferences. 
And other than the church conferences, I would walk away from the business ones and from the lifestyle ones. And I would have this like this feeling of, geez, that was great. But gosh, they missed such an opportunity to really talk about some things that affect more women in business than anybody else, which is how they feel about themselves, how they feel about where they're currently at in life. Do they agree with who God says they are? And so you know, I would go to a conference and learn this great email strategy, but I could also pick up from other women in the room that they got a great strategy, but they still felt guilty about making money. Or they just learned something real fancy on how to do on Facebook, but they still hadn't even started a Facebook page because they're nervous about being vulnerable and being seen on social media. So those are things that no matter how much strategy you learn at a business conference, if in your core, if in your heart, you still are not in alignment with who God says you are, none of your business or your life is going to change. And so I would go to these conferences and I would think, well, that was great strategy, but what's missing is the faith component. Mm. And so um, there was a day that I was out for a jog last fall, Haley, and I was actually, you know what? It was the fall before. And um, I'm out for a jog and turned off my rap music that I was running to. I was listening to a little Eminem because mm-hmm. praise God, he needs Jesus too. And so I'm running. I felt like I should just kind of turn off the noise and you know get some quiet time while I was jogging. And I was thinking to myself, I had just come back from a conference and I was thinking, man, she missed such an opportunity to mix some faith into that conference. Like those women were hungry. They were waiting. They were ready. You know, what a missed opportunity. I wish there was a conference for women that mixed business and faith. And I felt like I heard God say, well, girlfriend, you're it. And I was like, oh, no, 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 absolutely not. I must have heard that wrong because I don't love public speaking. I like to be behind a camera, isn't it? I mean, I with 355,000 followers on Facebook, I love social media. I can do television. I do a lot of local TV here in Kansas City. I'll be on next week, as a matter of fact. And, you know, have a podcast. I love talking and I feel like I'm gifted in that area. However, I don't love a stage. Mm. And so when God, I felt like started to prompt me to have a conference, I'm like, "Mm -mm, wrong girl, Lord, I am not doing that. And flashed back to like how I took speech my first semester of college as a freshman. And the whole time, I just remember thinking when I was signing up for my freshman classes, if I wait till I'm a senior to take speech, I will literally have like nervous diarrhea for the next four years. (laughs) Let's just take it like now, like now, like the first semester of college and get it out of the way. And then I'll never have to speak again. And so it's so funny now that God just keeps putting me in positions where I'm speaking. And so God and I arm wrestled for a good couple months over this idea of a conference. And I kept not wanting to do it. And at the end of the day, I just want to be known as a yes girl in heaven. And as the girl who will say yes to God, even when she's not sure, even when she doesn't understand, even when I don't know how on earth we're going to pull this off. And so we are having a conference of second and third of May here in Kansas City. Yeah, we'd wow. love for your listeners to join us. Um, can yeah. I tell them where they can find a ticket? Yeah, uh, please. Okay, I'd love yeah. that. So my website's jenniferallwood.com. So if they type in jenniferallwood.com slash conference, they can get a ticket there. And we would sure love to have some of your people join us. Yeah, that's so great. I'm gonna have to look into that and see what my calendar's like that weekend. Oh yeah, we'd love to have you. Yeah, you and Moses will be hanging out together in heaven with the didn't <laughs> want to speak on stage crowd, you know? Is that not the truth? I mean, literally I'll be like, like, bro, I just I get it. I didn't want I get to it. I get it. And you know, I, I started speaking a couple of years ago. I had a church ask me to do like a women's event at Christmas time. And I thought, well, how harm how hard could this be? Like, I can do this. These are my people, these are women, it's in a church mm-hmm. environment, and they wanted me to do like some crafts on stage and stuff. And I'm like, I can totally do this. And I got up there and I had a great time. And then I spoke at the local home show in Kansas City. And most of your listeners will probably know who Chip and Joanna Gaines are. Uh And so Chip and Joanna were speaking at the home show. And so I was asked by the home show people to be basically a Chip and Joe sandwich, which meant Chip and Joe spoke 
then Jennifer Allwood speaks, then Chip and Joanna speak again. <laughs> now, I knew full good and well, Haley, when I'm up on that stage, those people are just here waiting for Chip and Joanna to come out right. <laughs> again, you know, right. and, and 2,000 people in the audience. And I just remember thinking, okay, just don't die. Just like literally don't puke or don't die on the stage. You can do this. And I did. Mm-hmm. I didn't die or puke. And um, God just keeps giving me more and more opportunities to be on stages, to speak in front of people. It is not where I'm comfortable. And one of the things that we're writing in the book, and this is actually the whole premise of the book, is that when it comes to our faith, I don't know that God cares about our comfortableness. Mm -hmm. And I think about, and I think probably a lot of your listeners, Haley, are going to be moms. And when you think about like with your children, your kids are a little younger, so we can use the, you know, we'll use the example of throwing your jammies in the clothes hamper. (laughs) I don't know Mm -hmm. if your kids are old enough to do that. But you know, when you ask your kiddo to put his clothes in the hamper, you want him to do that. Like whether he feels like it, or not, whether he's ever done it before or not, whether he mm-hmm. actually knows what the hamper even is or how to even walk over the hamper, you would hope that they would give an effort at that. And that's how I feel like God wants the posture of the heart to be for his people. And so when I felt him nudging me to start a conference, I don't know that it matters that I didn't want to, that I don't know how, that we've never done this before, that Lord, mm-hmm. I think you got the wrong girl. The truth is God elbowed me to do it. And my job is to say yes, regardless of all of those things. Yeah. And I think that if more people would just get on bored with that happening. Because the more I say yes to God, even though it all seems very big and hard and scary and vulnerable, and I feel very exposed and, you know, as an introvert with a half a million social media followers, that mm, does not yeah. feel good always. Do you know what yeah. I mean? Yeah. I, mean, yeah. Target, I want to have on, you know, just ratty old clothes and get my stuff and, you know, scope all the aisles and go mm-hmm. home. And inevitably now I'll see people and they'll know me. And, and you know, so it's, it's a very, it's different. Mm-hmm. And yet I feel like I'm serving my God in the very best way that I possibly can, which is cheerleading and exhorting mm-hmm. and teaching his women how to do business and be moms well. That's so cool. I know that you are speaking, you know, life and truth to a lot of women who need to hear that because it is true. I mean, I, I don't think you don't really see many examples in the Bible where God says like, well, how do you feel about this right. before I ask you to go do it? He just says, go, go do and do this. And that's, I mean, that's what we are saved to do is be sent into the world. And so, yeah, I think that it aligns with what we see in scripture over and over again, that he is a God that he always equips those yes. And that is why the conference is called the Equipped Conference right there. there. Segue. Because he's you. either already equipped us or he's in the processing of equipping. You know what I mean? Yeah. And I think sometimes he needs us to give that yes. And then he starts bringing to us the people, the resources, the skills that mm-hmm. we need in order to deliver that what she's asking us right. to do. So right. yeah, yeah, he doesn't need us to go, well, you know, let me, let me get all that together first before I say yes to you. It's right. like the point is the saying yes without that, that earthly or self-created confidence that you would have if you already felt ready for it. You know, yes. the point is he's, he's deepening your faith and, and then providing and showing up, right. which only serves to time. Yeah. sanctify us, you know, and make yes. us more like him. So it's yeah. And, you know, if we go back to your kiddo as an example of putting pajamas in the clothes hamper, the other thing is when God asks us to do something, I believe he fully expects for us to do it right then. Mm -hmm. So when you ask your kiddo to put his clothes in the hamper, him saying, well, I'll get to that next week, mom, or, you know, tomorrow, mom, like, yeah. God asks, I feel like the position of our heart needs to be yes, as quickly as possible, because delayed obedience is disobedience. It mm-hmm. is. And that waiting time, that period of having to, you know, wrestle right. with God. And I do I think he's patient? Absolutely. Do I think that he loves us enough to wrestle through things with us? Absolutely. Do I still mm-hmm. think that he would like a yes? 
and, and immediately if possible. Absolutely. And so, yeah, I just, I want that reputation in heaven, um, Haley of being a yes girl to the things that God asked me to do, regardless mm-hmm. of how I feel about it. So, yeah. Get the rubies. <laughs> yeah, I love that. <laughs> exactly. Um, so you, I feel like you probably just answered my third question. Um, how yeah. are you seeing God's grace in your life right now? I would yeah. imagine through the very means of actually saying yes to this and yeah. and then having all of the rest fall into place in the way yeah. that you I mean, it. I see it in the conference. I see it in the fact that we've had Ari for almost seven months now. I see it in the fact that we you know, weren't sure about bringing my husband home from corporate America and working with me full time. What's that going to look like? Are we going to like that? Are we going to continue to like each other? How will that work? And so he's just been so gracious and merciful in so many different areas and um, we're so grateful for. Yeah, that's awesome. So kind of like going backwards, how, you know, you have this huge following and you have this business that is so successful you're doing great. You're in this great spot. You said the last four or five years have really brought you to a place of ease and you're, you're kind of hitting your stride, it seems, but bring us back to when you got started. What, where did you begin? What did that look like? I've heard your story, but just for the listeners, I would love for you to kind of tell us what, what it looked like when you were starting out. So it's going to sound like a million years old, Haley. I'm only 47, which by the way, the older I get, the younger 47 is, but yeah. um, So back in the year, like 1999, well, I had just gotten a degree. Mm -hmm. Um, I was a late bloomer going to college. So I graduated when I was 30 and I was getting a degree in computer information systems. I had picked that because I actually had this real desire to like decorate houses. I bought my first home when I was 21, Mm -hmm. which most people don't buy a house at 21. You know, they're still out at the quarter margarita nights and and I was too, but then I also had a mortgage. And so, you know, I loved homes and I can remember the day the lady that's at the college that helps you, you know, pick your things. She was like, okay, Jen, you're going to need to pick and decide, are you going to do computers or are you going to do decorating interior design? And I just, I looked at her and I'll never forget it. And I thought, I'm never going to make any money at interior decorating. So let's go with computers. Well, that mm-hmm. was just a knuckleheaded decision. So I got a degree in computer-based information systems, graduated like top of my class, wow. got a great job, had a pager, wore pantyhose. You probably don't even remember those things because you're young and, and I'm not. But, I remember you know, my dad having a pager. Yeah. Okay. So you remember all those things. And so yeah. it was, you know, supposed to be kind of a swanky deal. Well, inside though, I was like, I felt like I just was sitting in a prison every day. And so I had been at the home show with my husband and we just, because we we like house stuff. And we were walking around and I had my day job of doing computers. And we walked by a booth from some people that had a decorative painting company. What was the name? It was outside of Topeka, Kansas. I can't even remember the name of the little town it was in. And they did like all these wall finishes and they painted cabinets and they painted furniture. And I just remember like my heart beating so fast when I walked into their booth. Cause I was like, Oh my gosh, like somebody like they can make the walls look like crackle. They can make cabinets look like crocodile skin. Like I just, I was like in yeah. heaven. And so I told my husband, I'm like, I want to learn how to do that. And those people were offering like weekend classes. So I went to a weekend class. I went with, uh, I had my sister-in-law go with me. And I came home from that weekend class and I told my husband, I think I want to start a painting company. And thank you, Jesus, for a man of God who was like, well, already then, you know, cause he could have said, girlfriend, you just got your degree. You just yeah. got this cool job. And instead he was like, well, already then. So I did the day job for about a year and was also painting, you know, on occasion on weekends in the evening until I got laid off from that day job. Mm-hmm. And it was such a God thing because at the time I, you know, I, I whined and cried and how could they lay me off? And then I had this epiphany, you know, a couple of days after my lie off, I was like, okay, I've got this other thing I could fall back on. I've been doing this like little painting gig at night. I even had business cards already made. It was called the magic brush. And I thought as I was applying for other jobs, like full-time, you know, 
software development jobs, I thought, what if I could just get a couple of painting gigs and see if I could make any money at this? Mm -hmm. And if I could make some money at this, I could prove to both myself and to my husband that maybe I don't have to go back to a desk job. Like I can't even Mm -hmm. imagine that because it didn't seem like a very responsible thing to do from someone who just got a degree. But I was desperate, Haley. And what I know to be true is that when you have some feelings of desperateness, man, God can work with that. And Mm -hmm. so I was was hustling. I ripped out the yellow pages for every interior designer and decorator in Kansas City and either showed up at their doorstep or I called them on the landline, an old-fashioned landline, and because I was desperate to get some painting jobs. And I got hooked up right away with a couple of interior designers who were doing like pick of the parade homes in Kansas City and million-dollar houses with secret rooms. And I got some of those jobs like right off the bat. And so the first year of that decorative painting company was amazing. And then we got pregnant. And we were wanting to have kids and start a family. I just don't think we were ready quite when we were. But again, in God's goodness and his timing being perfect, I painted up until I was about eight months pregnant. And then I was like, okay, I don't want to give up this painting business because I'm enjoying it. It's really feeding my soul and that creativeness of it. But what if I just hired a couple other ladies whose kids are, you know, already in school and they could paint for me during the day and I could stay home with my baby. And so that's what we did. And I did, you know, phone calls to builders and I would take him in a little you know, car seat out to job sites and look at jobs. And I can remember literally one time working on an evening after my husband had been home and taking a breast pump into a pantry of a new construction site, hooking that stinker up on like an extension cord and a shop light because I had a baby at home and a newborn and my husband was home with him. And I was just trying to work just a couple hours a week to get, you know, keep business going. And so we did that for a hot minute. And then I had another baby within less than two years. And so I would stay home and we had a friend that would watch them for about three hours a week. And I would go get every, you know, thing I could do outside of the house done in those three hours a week. And then eventually we bumped it up to six hours a week. And then we had a third kiddo and I just kept having babies is the truth. Yeah, yeah. And so I just kept staying home, marketing the business and trying to do the back end. And, and I let other women go out and paint for me. Mm. And um, we did that until we had all of our kids in school. And that's where we felt, that's what I felt God's conviction was for our family, that I was to stay home and raise kids. And so we tried to have me working outside of the house as much as possible. Mm -hmm. And then about five years ago, when all of the kids were in school, I started realizing, gosh, I'm getting tired of this painting in people's houses gig, Um, just the managing of the women and the ordering of the supplies and the lugging ladders. And I didn't want to do it forever. And I felt like I really wasn't making the kind of money that I wanted to. And so we started just brainstorming ideas of how we could teach people online how to do painting um, that I did in people's homes, like with painting videos. Mm -hmm. And I had probably, I don't know at the time, maybe 25, 30,000 Facebook followers because I enjoyed Facebook. But my social media then started to explode and you know, the online space started to explode and we figured out, gosh, I am actually pretty good at social media. And so in the last couple of years, Haley, people have been asking me to teach them how did you get 350,000 followers on Facebook? And so yeah. I now coach over 3,000 business owners every month on how to use social media to build their business. So wow. that is currently what we're doing. We shut down the painting company a couple of years ago and God's just kind of transitioned us and pivoted us very nicely. Yeah. And yeah. And so, That's here so cool. Yeah. I, when you were talking about the years before your kids were in school, you know, I just wanted to kind of call attention to that because that's where a lot of my listeners are at right now is those uh-huh. years where you are at home and that passion that project or that thing yes. that you 
thought you were launching and then now you really don't have the time. Mm-hmm. Um, they have that's the time. A, Let's talk right. about it. They have the time. Totally. It's, absolutely. It was easier. I think when I had kids, um, Haley, because social media wasn't a thing when my, you know, mm-hmm. 10 years ago when all my kids were at home, there was no Pinterest to lose an hour of time on. There mm-hmm. also wasn't um, Instagram to be comparing where your business is currently at yeah. to where a bunch of other people are, because that really leads to feelings of insecurity for a lot of stay at home moms. Yes. But what I did know is that I, I was a master at getting my kids to nap at the same time. And baby, I could do more in that hour and a half to two hours of nap time than most people could do in a six-hour day if I just kept my head down and got busy. I blogged for years after my kids went to bed at night. And so, you know, we kept their bedtime at a logical hour. They were in bed by eight or nine every night and I'd sit and write for the next hour. And so what I think that the moms who are you know, it's the Bible says that the Lord will gently lead those with young. You just have to look for pockets of opportunity. My friend Shauna would often like take my kids. She'd be like, girl, let me take them for a play date for a couple hours and you knock some stuff out. And then I'd try to take her kids, you know? And so Mm -hmm. I think that sharing of children and things, but so many women, I think feel like, well, I can't do this thing until all of my kids are in school. I tell you what, if I have a full day with zero on my calendar, Haley, and I will think to myself, oh my gosh, I can get so much done today. And then what happens? I get zero done. Yeah. When I have a day when my calendar is booked I'll, and I'll think there, I, I have zero time for anything else. I'm so much more effective. Yeah. So those yeah. moms who are at home right now with little ones, they actually can be so much more effective than us women sometimes who all of our kids mm-hmm. are in school right now. True. Yeah. Cause, cause when you only have an hour and a half a day, Packets you only time. do the essential things exactly. and then you do the things that really matter versus, yeah. When you have those that five or six hour block, you're like, okay, well first I'm going to just leisurely yeah. respond exactly. to all the emails. I'll have some coffee and right. I'll look- Instagram it's the or mindset Instagram. of ease and luxury versus yeah. like hustle and grind. And, yes. and what you're not saying is, you know, you need to do this in order to be happy or your identity is uh-huh. here, but you're just yeah. saying, if you have that desire, if you have that passion, don't say, well, I have to wait till my kids get in school. And well, can I, and let's be real honest about that, Haley, because my gifting is, uh, is real talk and truth. Okay. So there are a lot of women that have a dream in their heart and they're using their kids as an excuse of why they can't. Mm. And, um, and I really like to call BS on that wherever I can. That, that probably will resonate with only a couple people in your audience. But the truth is, it's easier to say, well, I'll wait till my kids are in school. And then the kids mm. are in school. And then it's going to be, well, I probably need to do, you know, wait until we're more financially stable. Well, mm. I probably need to end it. And they just keep pushing it out because it's mm. easier to blame the season of life that they're on or in yeah. than it is to just do the thing that is very hard and scary for them. Right. And it, it and there's no guarantees and it's vulnerable and, no and, and you might vulnerable. Yeah. yeah. Yes. It's very vulnerable. Yeah. And so, you know, instead of using that, like, well, I, I because I was called to stay home and raise our kids. Yeah. However, I think that there's sometimes we can get so wrapped up into the raising of kids that we forget that God has other things he wants us to do in addition sometimes to Mm -hmm. being wife and mom. Now, is there a hierarchy? It needs to come God, husband, kids, and then business. Absolutely. But it was good for my children to see mom. Yeah getting ready to work while I was getting ready to lay down them for a nap. It was good for them to see that mom is multi-passionate. Like I Mm -hmm. put being a wife and a mother at the very top of the things that are important to me. But I also know that I have a calling on my life and, and Mm -hmm. every other woman that's listening to this does as well. And, um, and so I don't want to tell our kids, Hey, I love this quote from my friend, Jamie Ivy, who's going to be actually speaking at our women's Mm -hmm. equipped conference. If you don't know her, she's a woman. I I do. She's been on the show. Yes. She's fantastic. But I heard her say, and I'll probably just ruin this one time, that we can't try to convince our children to be all sold out 
out for the gospel when we're all totally sold out for them, when that's all they see is us being sold out for them. And so I just want to encourage the moms who have a dream in their heart. They feel like God's given them something, but they're like, well, I need to wait. No, I don't. I don't know that you do. I don't know that you do. I want to make sure that that's God and that's not you pushing the pause button because you're not quite ready. Because the truth is you're never going to be ready, babe. You're never going to feel ready, smart enough, um, like you know what you're doing. Never. Okay, listen up, business owners and ladies launching businesses. If you don't have a website and you want one or you have a website that you hate that is just super outdated and you need to get it refreshed, I have something special for you. For just my Kindle listeners, I am offering one page websites for $1,000. That's right. This is only for Kindle listeners. I do not advertise this service on my website, H. Williams Creative. It's not something I've ever offered before, but I have come to realize that there are a lot of you who are in those early stages of launching a business and you kind of need some help getting off the ground. Um, and guess what? I do that. That's what I do for a living actually. And that is the business that allows me to even run this podcast because it pays for most of the podcast, but I would love to work with more of you. Um, those are my favorite people to work with. And so I wanted to create something special as a way for me to kind of make that more accessible for more of you, as well as work with more of my ideal clients. I know what it's like to be starting out. And while my websites typically start at 2,400, I realize that's just a price that is a little cost prohibitive for those who are not even making an income from their business yet. And so I wanted to create something that just um, was more doable and uh, budget friendly for the, the mom, the woman starting a business because I want to support you. And in turn, it will help me continue to run this show. Feel free to check out my work in my portfolio at hwilliamscreative.com and fill out the contact form there to get a conversation started about your website. That's hwilliamscreative.com. And, and to back to what you were saying earlier, God doesn't need you to be ready. He needs you to no, be open. He just needs you to say yes. Yes, yeah. girl. Yeah. Yeah, that's, that's good. It's truth. So as you have started to really expand, you know, into this whole other area, you, the painting is done. Now you're doing, you're training other women. Mm -hmm. What are you finding? Like that, that was a, that was a pivot, I guess. And, and a huge pivot. Like, as we're talking about women having a passion or seeing a path they might want to take, this is something I personally struggle with is how do we differentiate between a bunny trail and an intentional pivot in our lives. Because sometimes I am very, very multi-passionate. So I get like an idea every other hour of, of a business or something I could do. And it's hard for me sometimes to differentiate between, am I using this as a distraction from the hard work that I really need to focus on and keep plowing into? Or is this possibly God going, you know, hey, like, look at this, look at this other thing. You, you've been so focused. Like, how did you yeah. kind of have the confidence to move forward and know that it wasn't just a distraction from what you should have been doing. Right. Well, and I just, it just kept being put in front of me. I mean, you know, after a couple people ask you about coaching and then another person asks you about coaching and another, and I'm thinking, I am not a coach. I am not a teacher. I don't know what the heck I'm doing. I do know how to do Facebook, but I don't know how to coach people. And so I just started saying yes. And I also started praying, God, shut for me any doors that are not of you and shut them so tight that no man can open them and then open the other doors that you want me to walk through. And I think Mm -hmm. that if that is the position of your heart, he will turn some things off that weren't meant to be. 
Does that make sense? And so um, I think knowing the difference between God's will and a a rabbit trail, I think that's a really great question. If it lines up with your faith, uh, that's a good sign. It's God. If it's not taking you away from the hierarchy of where I think God wants us to put our attention, which is him, you know, and then our husband and our children, then I think that's good. I mean, he's never going to ask you to do anything that doesn't line up with scripture. So if you're looking at your options, I mean, start there, obviously, you know what I mean? But I usually know it's God when I just can't get away from the stinking thought in my head. And then I'm, you know, it's like, it's like we're in this wrestling match and God's trying to like, get me to hop on over to the other side. And that's Mm -hmm. how I usually personally know when it's God and not just me, like, you know, dreaming of other things. Because I dream of other things all day long. And as a creative woman, our mind is so full of options and thoughts. And, but when it comes to like, if it's a business thing, what I always tell people is it has to meet three criteria. So if you've got some business ideas floating around in your head, it has to be something that you are super passionate about. Number one, number two, something that you're actually really good at. Mm -hmm. And then number three, something that people would actually pay you for. Mm-hmm. So those are like the three things when it comes to a business idea, because you could be like, let's say you're super passionate about underwater basket weaving. Nobody's going to pay you for that, Haley. Do you know what I mean? And let's say you are super good, like I was at doing like software development stuff, but I hated it. Mm-hmm. I hated it. And I don't yeah. think that what God's got for us, we're ever going to like hate it. Mm-hmm. I, I, that just doesn't seem like a good God to me. And so it has to be something that, and then something that people will actually pay you for, because like back to the underwater basket weaving example, nobody's going to pay for that. It doesn't matter how good at it you are, how passionate you are. Mm-hmm. So there's a no business market. thing is, got, yeah, there's got, it's got to, all three of those things have to be mm-hmm. you know, in line in order for that business idea, I think, to be viable. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. And I saw, I saw him shut, you know, when I actually prayed a prayer that was an open hearted prayer, like, Mm -hmm. I really want to know what your heart for me is. Show me. I saw him shut a door to a business that I had been running for seven years and I sold it last summer because it was something that I, I had not started because um, it was what I wanted to do with the rest of my life. I just was trying to make some extra money right after we got married on Etsy and it blew up and turned into a, you know, it was a bridal accessories business that was in 20 stores around the country. Mm -hmm. And I was just like, That's awesome. And I do think that God will use all of that stuff. Like at the time you were, you were being a Proverbs 31 woman who was trying to bring him some bacon for your family. You know what I mean? And there's times there's, he blessed that. I mean, that's necessary. Absolutely. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And, um, you know, there's been seasons I can remember my husband and I doing crazy, like second types of jobs, you know, before we had kids just, off weird things, helping cater events. My husband right. one time unpacked boxes at an express store. I mean, uh-huh. you know, it just weird stuff <laughs> yeah. like that, trying yeah. to make some cash for yeah. whatever we had in front of us that we were trying to save money for. So I do think there's different seasons of just, you know, sure. where you just need to eat. Yeah. And so yeah. doing what's necessary then. Yeah. Uh, but then I also think that there's other seasons where God lightens up kind of the stress, maybe financially, where you're able to just dream a little more. And yeah. that's where the passion piece can really come in. Yeah. Yeah. And, and if you're in a real relationship with God, you can ask him and you can discern, you know, if you have the Holy spirit and you like, you can have confidence that, that he's speaking to you and and saying, yeah, you know what? It's time to, you're good. You're good on this. You did. You've been doing a great job. It's not that you couldn't keep growing it, but you don't have to, you can do something else. And it was just like, Oh, thank you. Okay. So many people are so scared that they're going to make the wrong decision. Like, I don't know what God wants me to do. And so then therefore they're froze. And it's very Mm -hmm. hard, I think, for God to do something with that. And I would so much rather see women make a decision one way or the other. And if Mm -hmm. it ain't God, he'll fix it. He'll, he'll, he'll put that car in reverse. And, you know, very few decisions on this side of heaven are permanent. 
Mm-hmm. Figuring out what to start a business about, that's not a permanent decision. And right. so it's, unless it's just something wackadoodle crazy, it, right. you know, God can work with those decisions and help pivot them into a place of where they're supposed to be. But he needs you to take some sort of action. He just can't mm-hmm. work with you just sitting there thinking about it every day. Yeah. Yeah. Clarity comes after action a lot exactly. of times. Yeah. For sure. So one quote that you sent in that you emailed me was, uh, you don't have to be the best in business. You just have to be the best at marketing your business. Mm -hmm. I would love to hear you talk about that. Yeah. And I may have typed that out just a tiny bit wrong, but when I did my decorative painting company in Kansas city, we got asked to do crazy things. We were on extreme home makeover with Ty Pennington three times. We got, you know, we traveled with ABC to Wichita to do a house there. I had a client fly me to Belize one time, uh, my husband and I to look at a project and so we were in magazines, newspapers. It was crazy. We were not the most talented painters in town. There were lots of great painters here in Kansas City, tons of them, most of them way better than me. I had some very talented women working for me. But it became very obvious to me that because we just kept getting more popular, more popular, more people asking us, bigger on social media, and people just kept thinking, oh, they they must be really good because you know, at that point I had a hundred thousand followers or 200,000 followers. And the truth was it it wasn't that it was just that I was good at marketing the business. Mm -hmm. And so I was good at building an audience for the business. Mm -hmm. And so it occurred to me one day, wow, I don't have to be the best in the business that I'm in. I have to be the best in my industry. I just have to be the best at marketing it in my industry. Mm-hmm. And so sometimes I think women will look, especially with, you know, where social media is today and they'll see all the gorgeous pictures on Instagram and they'll think, well, there's no way, you know, I'm going to start blogging about my home projects when look at all these home bloggers out there and I can never compete with that. Yeah. But if those home bloggers can't market what they're doing well, if they don't understand social media mm-hmm. and how that works and how to use it for business, like you have the ability to just scoot right on past where they are at, mm-hmm. um, simply if you get good at the marketing piece. And so then women are get, they get real antsy with the word marketing because it sounds fancy. It sounds sexy. They're like, uh, you know, I'm not good at marketing. Well, listen, marketing boils down to two things. Do you believe that what you do or what you offer for sale is good? That's number one. And are you willing to tell people that it is? what you've got for sale and that it is good. Number two, that's all marketing is. So people want to make it into logos and branding and colors and strategy and all that stuff. Marketing mm-hmm. is just thinking that I do one heck of a good job, Haley. And I'm going to tell people I do, I do. My coaching group is fantastic. Mm-hmm. I am good at what I teach on social media and my group is fantastic. And I am willing to tell people about it. And that's why I have a ton of people in there. And so I think women have got to get comfortable with believing that what they offer the world is something good and telling people Mm -hmm. about what they have because you can't sell anything if you don't tell people. Yeah. I I run into every day. That's the exact situation. Like women are like, well, my clothing boutique is not growing at all. I'm not making enough money. I'm like, well, when's the last time you posted on your Facebook page a week ago? Well, sweet pea, how are you going to make any money? Like, do you think people are going to find you on social media? That is not a work. But we so. do, we do often feel, I mean, that's, that's getting back to that internal kind of um, sense of dignity, worth, self, mm-hmm. you know, value is that we, we often feel like we need that people should come to us mm-hmm. or that we're just going to wait and we don't want to, you know, we don't want to push anybody. And so we're just waiting for them to come to us like a magnet um, when really it's more of a pull, you know, you've got to yes. like, you've got to reach out and grab the right people and, and, and be where they are for them to find right. you. Well, and I just did a speaking engagement this weekend. I'm so glad you brought that up. And I was talking to a group of business people um, and they were all believers. And this is what I said. God calls us to be the salt and light of the world. Okay. So how can we be salt and light when we're not around anybody? And the Mm -hmm. truth is 
Where is everybody at? Everybody's on their phone. Everybody's on social media. So if you really want to be salt and light in the world, get on social media. That's where you can really impact more people than you can even in your local community. And you know, the thing that you were just talking about is the fear of being like a slimy salesman, Haley. Mm -hmm. And here's what I tell the people that I coach. When I'm scrolling through Facebook, if people on your podcast could see me right now, I could, you know, give them a little show. When I'm scrolling through Facebook and I'm sitting Mm -hmm. on my phone at night and I should be paying attention to my husband and sit on my Facebook and I see a woman um, with an ad on there for her boutique with the cutest pair of earrings, I don't say to myself, oh my gosh, I can't believe she's selling crap again. I cannot believe that this boutique that I chose to follow is putting stuff up for sale again. That's not what I think. I think, oh my gosh, I look so cute with that outfit that I'm wearing this weekend to church. I'm so glad that that just popped up in my feed. Let me buy that quick. Women have to reposition sales in their mind. Instead of thinking, you know, I don't want to be in people's face. I don't want to be slimy. You don't have to be slimy, but you do have to tell people what it is that you have to offer. They make the decision whether or not to buy, but you not even telling them what you have to offer. Remember that, what was that song? Back in like Sunday school, that um, that I that, uh, that little light of mine, I'm gonna let it shine. Uh-huh. Or you know, like you're not supposed to hide your light under a bushel. There was some other little yeah. kid's song. Like it's the same thing with your business. People think yeah. you're just gonna magically make sales. No, you've got to actually tell people this is what I have for sale right now. This cute little mm-hmm. coffee mug with the word create on it, and it's not offensive to people that you're trying to make money and offer them something that perhaps they want. I mean, Target right. never feels bad. Yeah. For mm-hmm. sending me their stuff that's for sale. You yeah. know, we've got to get over that. And if that person is offended, they're not your ideal audience anyway. And it's better for yes. you to just get rid of them now so exactly. you don't have to worry about that. They uh, are dead them. weight on your social media, for sure. Absolutely. Yeah. And I think, you know, I know we already have talked about this a little bit, but I just want to remind people that, you know, if you are feeling real insecure and really doubting about sharing what it is you're doing, Ask yourself if maybe like one of the reasons is because you're not actually in your lane. Maybe you are trying to do the thing that that other girl is doing and you're so insecure about it because it's not actually what you want to be doing. Right. Sometimes we get, we, we want to, you know, we're, we're trying to be something that we're not, or we're trying to show up somewhere that we feel people are. We're like, well, I guess I should be here doing this. Yeah. Okay. I'm doing it too. But then you're, you're actually not really doing that from a heart of wanting to serve people. You're doing that from a place of kind of wanting to prop Mm -hmm. yourself up or look fill yes. the, uh, that identity or that image that's in your mind. And so that is the source of your insecurity. And so, I mean, one of the questions to ask yourself is just, do you believe what you're doing is good? Mm-hmm. It might be, you know, maybe I'm actually not doing what I should be doing. Maybe yeah. that's part of why I'm so insecure about it. And I need to just focus on what I'm best at yeah. or something else. And I'll, I'll tell you this. Customers can smell that a mile away, Haley. Yeah. They can smell when we are not a hundred percent sure. So if I was to go online and be like, Hey, I've got, you know, this coaching group where I teach women how to do their social media and, you know, and I kind of start to waffle about it and, you know, you don't have to buy it, but for some of you, it could perhaps be maybe kind of sort of a good thing. I mean, people can smell. Yeah insecurity about your thing a mile away. And they want to know that um, you believe in what you're selling as much as they do. Yeah, totally. That's great. So I would love for you to to talk for a minute about your revenue streams, because this is something that I think you do a good job of explaining how you've taken, you you know, you've taken this skill, you've taken this thing that you're doing and you have specific revenue streams that you have multiplied kind of on top of each other as you've grown the business to really stabilize what you're doing as an entrepreneur. So I would love for you to talk a little bit about that. Yeah. So, you know, it wasn't like we 
intentionally as we were building our social media and figuring out how to monetize that social media. It's not like I said to myself, okay, I am going to put together six different revenue streams. Like Mm -hmm. that never happened. It just organically happened. And then one day I heard this um, statistic that most millionaires have seven revenue streams. And I was like, oh, snap. All right. Excellent. So I teach women that once you are you're in the process of building your social media. Like, how do you monetize that? Because there was a time when we had a hundred thousand followers on Facebook and I still wasn't making any money off of that audience. Like mm-hmm. locally people would hire us to work in their homes, but I wasn't making any money off of the audience. And I was like, this is not okay. Like I have got to figure out a better way, you know, of monetizing this thing because it just, it just didn't seem like that's the way, you know, with that many followers, you should be making some money. So over the course of the last couple of years, we have put several revenue streams into process in my business. Again, not intentionally, but they're all just different ways that we are currently making money. And what's really cool about it is if any one of those ways changed and, you know, we couldn't do it anymore while we still have, you know, revenue streams coming in. So right now we have I mean, do you want me to go over the six yeah, ways? Sure. Yeah, please do. Okay. Do all right. Because we do things like um, affiliate revenue. So you've all seen the girls on Instagram who are like, swipe up for mm-hmm. you know, whatever. Um, with that, right. Yes. And if you're swiping up for the cute shirt at Target, she's getting paid a commission on that. Mm-hmm. So we do some affiliate stuff. There's a couple of other people's coaching groups that I recommend and courses that I recommend. And I'm an affiliate for those. Um, we do one-on-one coaching. I don't do much of this anymore, but there was a time when I was doing a lot of one-on-one coaching every month and I don't do it for and I do it, you know, over a Zoom call or a Skype call, and that works fantastic. Um, we have membership groups, so I currently have over two thousand entrepreneurs in one membership group, and we've got four hundred in another. It's called Paint Finish of the Month, and I teach people how to do different painting finishes in their home every month. Actually, I don't even teach it anymore. I bring in celebrity painters to teach it. So we have two different membership groups where people make money, you know, every month. It's like Netflix. You know how your Netflix bill comes every month? It's like that. We also do sponsored content. So Hobby Lobby will often pay me to do a Facebook Live, to go into their store. Pier One will pay me to do a blog post. So for your bloggers that are listening, doing sponsored content is a great way to make money. And then we've got um, ad revenue also, which is my website. You can go to the Magic Brush Inc. where I blog about my house, or you can go to jenniferallwood.com. And when you see ads on there, that is an additional way Mm -hmm. of making revenue. there's lots of ways, you know, to be making money other than just like we used to just make money by going to people's houses and painting. Yeah. And then I was like, oh, and then the sixth way is information products. So we sell like DIY videos, instructional videos, one-off videos, eBooks. I haven't, in fact, I have an eBook that I would just love to give away to your audience. I know we didn't even talk about this, but I believe all your, it sounds like your audience is women of faith. So if they go to jenniferallwood.com slash devotional, it's a free ebook of prayers for women who are in business or starting business. Oh, so cool. they might enjoy that. But we sell it for 10 bucks on Amazon and Kindle. But I do like to give it away for free. So that's considered an information product, like a, a mm-hmm. DIY video, an instructional video, a course of some kind. So there's all sorts of different ways of monetizing the things that you do. So when it came to my painting business, I was making money off the paint that I was recommending online. I was doing some one-on-one coaching, teaching people how to paint. I had a painting membership group. I had different paint companies. Like I had a paintbrush company one time that just wanted to send me brushes and pay me to do a Facebook Live. So that's sponsored content. And then I... I, um, on my painting blog had ads that was ad revenue. And then I was doing painting courses and, um, had some eBooks and things. So there's lots of different ways to monetize what it is that you're doing other than just the one thing, because, you know, 
Toys R Us was just doing one thing, Haley. They were just mm, selling yeah. toys in the store. Yeah. And what has happened to Toys R Us? Gone, gone, yeah. gone, done. Yeah. So, you know, I think we need to be wise, and that's a biblical concept mm-hmm. in our business, and have more than one way of generating income so that if anything changes in the online space, there's still other things you can depend on. Yeah, absolutely. It's the same as, you know, you hear diversifying your portfolio. That's yeah. what, you, that's what it is. You've, uh-huh. you, if, if one thing completely goes away, your husband doesn't have to go find a new job. You know, you exactly. can replace that slowly. 100%. Yeah, yeah, that's great. So the last thing I kind of want to talk to you about, I know we're jumping around here, but you just have a sure. lot of wisdom. So yeah, oh, thank you. Um, I would love to talk to you about, you're adding that faith component and talking to people about their worth and about yeah their faith. This is something that I, you know, hits home for me a lot. I feel like I'm always the friend that is annoyingly telling people you really need to raise your prices. You know, and I I have friends that are super talented and maybe just have something they love doing and they're not really trying to make a business of it. They just, they love to do it. You know, it's something that's fun for them. And I'm always like, I know, but you could make this. That's precious, isn't it? That's precious. Yeah. yeah, But I would love to know just from your, you know, experience and your, your place of wisdom in this, what gives you the confidence and the audacity to charge what you're worth? What, what is your, like, what's your spiel on that? Like, how do you yeah. speak to women about Well, that? so it's interesting, Haley, because accountants never lay awake at night and wonder how much they should price their accounting. Plumbers don't lay awake at night and think, oh gosh, did I overcharge those people? You know, it's it's interesting because I think as women, we struggle with this way more than men, number one. Um, number two, I think stay-at-home moms and creatives are horrible at pricing also. Oh, yeah. And here, here's why, because most stay-at-home moms are like, well, I'm just doing this little thing. Mm-hmm. And, and then also they're pricing it as a little thing and they're getting paid as a little thing. And that's why it's staying a little thing. Right. And so if they would actually treat that hobby like a business, it, they could actually get paid like a business. So it's really making a leap in your mind between what will the market actually pay and what do you feel comfortable with paying? So there was a time back in my painting business, Haley, when I can remember like, you know, giving people a bid on a piece of furniture and knowing full good and well, that was not enough money. And they would say yes. And instantly I'd be like, oh, yes. Oh, I've been there. We've oh. all been there. Yes. You know, and that gut, that gut check that God gives us. And yeah. if we'll learn from that and the next time be brave enough to then inch that cost up, then mm-hmm. I think we can get to often where we need to be. But the other thing I think women need to decide is there's two different ways of looking at pricing and at valuing your worth. Now, Walmart is not saying we want to be the Cadillac of all shopping experiences. No, Walmart is saying we're going to share, we're going to sell as much as possible, as cheap as possible to as many people as possible. Mm-hmm. Bada boom, bada bang, we're all done. Now, Target, on the other hand, is like, okay, we don't want to be the cheapest. We want to sell to a different group of people. I don't know revenue-wise where the two you know, companies are at, but mm-hmm. they have different markets. And so for your women who are in business, decide who you want your market to be. Yeah. The course that we just sold, it was, you know, I have a $47 a month coaching program. Then I also have a $1,000 course that's only six weeks. Mm-hmm. And, you know, the first time I priced it, I priced it at 400 And then later I went to 700 And now I'm mm-hmm. like, you know what? I am just believing more and more in what I'm doing. I'm offering more value. I'm offering more content. We're going to keep inching Mm -hmm. it up. And at every level, there's more stuff that you have to go through emotionally. I've had many people tell me this needs to be a $2,000 course now, Jennifer. And I'm doing the same thing. I'm like, $2,000, who would pay that? Nobody's going to pay it. I do the same thing that all the other women at any business size are doing. And so I think when it comes to pricing and valuing your worth, 
If you will remember that, um, well, talk to people. First of all, ask them what you need to price stuff at. And don't ask like your best friend because she's going to no, give right, right. inflate it. But don't ask your clients because they're going to want you to you know, keep yeah. your rates small. Yeah. But look at what other people are doing in the marketplace. And then you decide, who do you want your clients to be? Do you want Mar- Walmart thinking and clientele? Then go that mm-hmm. way. You'll have to produce a lot, but exactly. that's okay. Yeah. Or do you want more target stuff? I would rather do fewer jobs at a higher price with a different mindset. Mm-hmm. And so that for me in my service-based industry was really important. But then also I just got to a place when I'm pricing things online, like even giving you know people like Pier 1 or Hobby Lobby my rates where I have to realize my time is valuable. And every yes that I'm saying to something in my business right now is instinctively saying no. Now there mm-hmm. is a whole lot going on nonsense in the online space right now, telling women to push more, do more, be more, push harder, work harder, hustle your butts off. And I think it's gross, Haley. And I'm so against all of that. And so I know that if I'm saying yes to a podcast interview on a Thursday night at eight o'clock, I am going to miss putting the little one down for bed. Mm-hmm. Now, sometimes I think that that's okay, but I have to, as each one of those things comes in and I'm saying a yes to something, I need to know that you know, I need just to keep in mind, I'm saying no to other things. So when it comes now to, you know, pricing things, I have to remember the amount of time and effort I'm putting into something and price it accordingly. Mm-hmm. And what happens so often in consumers' minds, and I really, really, really want to hit this hard because somebody needs to hear this. Women will think to themselves, well, if I'm the cheapest, you know, people, people will want to buy from me. Oh no. There are so many people in the world who are like, it's only that much. What's wrong with it? There's something that happens in the psychology of people where they're like, I want to pay more to know that I'm actually getting a quality product. We would have people Mm -hmm. hire us, definitely not because we were the cheapest, but because they said, I just want my front door to be painted by Jennifer Allwood. And I would be Mm -hmm. like, you understand I'm going to charge you $1,000 for a front door when you could call somebody else and they'll do it for $300, right? Like, because, because I would be like, I just have to, we have to drive to your house. It's going to take us 30 minutes. Then we got to drive home. And then the next day we got to drive and we got to do number two. And that's going to take us an hour. And my time is valuable. And I would overprice things sometimes, Haley, thinking, oh, they're definitely going to say no to that. Nope. They would say yes, because there's something that happens in their psychology. Some people want to pay more. These are the coach Mm -hmm. purse people in America. Mm -hmm. And you know what I mean? And Price is the number one um, indicator of value. Yes. And so, uh, gosh, I wish women would get a hold of uh, the value of their talents, especially for like my audience, which is creative women. We tend to just kind of foo-foo that off like, well, I can just make earrings or, you know, I just run a cricket machine or I'm just decorating cakes. Like it's not that big of a deal. Honey, I can't decorate a cake. It is a big deal. And if God had wanted you to do, you know, the work of a plumber or an astronaut or a physician or something, he would have given you that gift. But Mm -hmm. just because he gave you the gift of creativity doesn't mean you're supposed to dumb down your rates and dumb down your price. Right. How boring of a world this would be without the creatives in the world, the musicians, the artists, the writers, the photographers. I mean, so we got, we've got to do a little movement right now of getting women to really understand that their, their worth, first of all, comes completely apart from their business. So so I know that people say, you know, value your worth and price what you're worth, but I don't want women falling for that lie that their worth is tied to that $12 hair bow. It's not, honey, your worth is in heaven and who God says you are, regardless of what you charge. But oh, by the way, you have a family to feed, double that price, you know? Right. And And don't you (laughs) can't get 30 bucks a bow. Why can't you get 15? And the other flip of that is like when you're starting out, We've all like, I mean, when you're, when you are brand new and you have no portfolio, you have never done right. this before. You might have to do some free work and you are worth more than free, but yep. you might have to do a little bit to get in the the door at, you know, a certain company yep. or in front of the right people or to get these people as a referral. Yeah, and we've all been there. And it's okay to, sure. 
yeah, it's yeah. okay to do that in the beginning and um and really try and get your name out there. And so that's why it's like that that's just such a faulty way of thinking is value your worth. Well, you might have a very inflated sense of self-worth and think that, oh, uh, this is worth a thousand dollars. And you know, the market says it's worth like three hundred. Um right. you know, well right. now on a on a long-term basis that may not work as a business model for yes. you. You know, if that's the only thing you're doing. And I, I feel like this is something that I think a lot of women need to learn experientially because yes. you can tell them until they're blue in the face, but until they've done what you described of pitching the job for less than you really want uh-huh. because you're afraid and you yeah. want the yes, you get the yes and you're instantly like, oh, you have to do this for this rate. Yes. I've done that. I've done that. You know, H- haven't I, we all, but that's how we learn. Times. I mean, how, yeah. you know, I love the example of when your kids are trying to learn how to walk, it's not like, you know, they fall down 10 times and you're like, what an idiot. This yeah. kid is never going to be able to work. I mean, we, we need to give ourselves in business the same grace mm-hmm. that we, you know, give anybody when they're trying to learn something. And so yeah. that's going to happen. And when you know better, you do better. And now you know mm-hmm. that that price wasn't good. Let's get that up the next time. Yeah. 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 A personal example of this is I had a client that I, that had me on retainer for a year mm-hmm. and it, the package, it was like a web design and, and marketing package that they were having me perform for them. And it was $2,000 a month. To me, that's like a lot of money. You know, I'm yeah. like, this is, this is great. Like this is a great contract. Well, they wanted something that they wanted a, a different service that I didn't provide. So I was like, let's go find a consultant to come in and, and pitch, you know, us to come in as an agency partner to do that. And this person came in with a $7,500 package. And I thought, there's no way they're going to want to do this. You know, they pay me 2000 a month. I'm sure their right. budget's lower. Yes. And so I was like, Hey, what else do you have? Can you do this on a, on a modified basis at a lower rate? So they gave me a lower price for less work. I pitched that to my client and they were like, that isn't enough for us. We want more. And I was like, well, they, they did offer this larger package that's 7,500. I just didn't tell you about it right up front, yes. but here it is. And they were like, great. We want to do that. Isn't that um, crazy? Because they were like, yeah. And, and it almost made me annoyed at myself that I'm like, well, I'm only charging you $2,000 a month. Right. Yeah, And you know, you give me this vibe like, oh, we can't afford, you know, more than that. But then when it comes to you, when you believe that the solution is available, the mm-hmm. price does not really matter as much. Right. You know, when right. you believe you're actually going to get the solution to your problem, mm-hmm. the price is an afterthought. It's like, okay, right. how can we make that work? You know, I love it. Than, yeah. So it was like, man, that kind of stung. So I was like, I, you know, once you've had those happen to you, you're yes. like, okay, I need to remember this next time and just yes. hit. We're all learning. Price. When we know better, we do better. Yeah, absolutely. Well, Jennifer, I, I really respect you and admire what you're doing thank in business. So and yeah, thank you so much for sharing all of this good wisdom with these ladies. I know they're going to love it. Well, you're so welcome. And I hope I'll see you at my conference in May. Yes, Please absolutely. check it out. I'd love to hug your neck there in real life. Yes, I thank will you. check it out. And what remind us again, which website? Sure. Do they yeah, go to, to jenniferallwood.com slash conference. Okay. And uh, you can grab a ticket there. Ticket sales are only through April 19th. So, okay. Okay. all right. All right. Okay. So, so we'll bless you. There soon and, and we'll get that out to the people. Yeah. Thank you so much for having me. All right. Thanks, Jennifer. Okay. Bless you. I hope you enjoyed that conversation with Jennifer and I hope it was a bit of a kick in the pants, just like I love for these episodes to be to you and to me. I don't know if you guys have ever been to like a workout class where the instructor is like yelling at you uh, to push harder and keep going, but those are like, those are my jam. I love to be spurred on and just pushed harder. And I feel sort of like that's what this conversation was, was just a spurring on and uh, an exhortation 
from someone who is maybe a few years ahead from where I am and has a little bit of wisdom to speak into the place that I'm at in my life today. I hope that um, you felt the same way. So next week, we're going to be hearing from Bethany Thompson all about how we can avoid the two ditches of apathy and anxiety when it comes to how we fuel our bodies and how we eat. So don't miss next week's episode. It's going to be really awesome, filled with tons of practical tips and information for you on health. So, all right, guys, have an amazing week and I will see you next Monday. 